Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Joseph Sheehy from the Cured Collective Podcast. And if you want to learn how to blow up your network, you should be listening to Build Your Network Podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chappell, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey there, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm really excited to bring you another amazing guest here on the Build Your Network Podcast. Uh, this guy's a buddy of mine. We met almost a year ago. It was crazy. We were talking during the during the intro of the show and realized that it has almost been a year since we've actually met. And man, just time just goes by so quickly. So I met this guy out at an Aubrey Marcus mastermind before I had Aubrey on the show back in June of last year. And we just kind of hit it off. We're talking about a lot of different things, have a lot of things in common. And uh, so he had me on his show a while ago and been meaning to get him on my show. And it finally worked out to where the scheduling was able to happen. So he is a former aerospace engineer turned cannabis wellness entrepreneur. Following several years as a top-ranked national physique competitor, he created the breakout brand Cured. Cured stands at the forefront of the cannabinoid wellness industry and has positively impacted tens of thousands of lives across the nation through natural healing products. He's also the host of the weekly Cured Collective podcast. So guest today is none other than Joseph Sheehy, and I can't wait to uh, to show you this episode with Joe. We talk about so many things. We talk about how he cured his crippling anxiety. Uh, we talk about the number one way that he grew his CBD business to seven figures in less than two years. And by the way, that was without any previous business experience. 
and a degree in aerospace engineering, not business. So um, a lot of good stuff there. And then how listening to podcasts literally changed his life. So there's so many things that we're going to talk about in today's show that you're not going to, going to want to miss. But before we get into that, you listen to this show for a reason. Whatever it is, however you heard about it, Google, iTunes, social media, whatever it was, something about the title Build Your Network resonated with you. And it probably means that you're like me. You realize that the single most important factor that contributes to your success is your network. After years of learning, growing, failing, falling on my face, getting embarrassed, testing, implementing, I'm finally putting together an all-encompassing online training called Explode Your Network. It's my complete framework that's guaranteed to exponentially grow your connections, level up your inner circle, and shorten your one runway to success without annoying all of your contacts or printing a single business card. This is literally everything I know about networking and connection all in one place. And I'm currently looking for a test group to get in at half price, which is literally less than 150 bucks. So uh, before it launches here in the next the next few weeks. So when it launches, it'll be up at full price. But before it launches, it's 51% off. It's like 145 bucks and some change. So if any piece of content that I've ever released has added to value to you at all, then please just stop procrastinating and take control of your success. Head to travischapel.com slash explode to start investing into building the skill of networking because we both know that it's the most important aspect of your career. And now here is my chat with Joseph Sheehy. Joseph, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, Travis, thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, bro. It's been a while. It's crazy. I was thinking back before we jumped on here, like how long ago it was that we actually met. I know. Like it's been a minute now, right? Like it's it's coming up on a year, no? Like it was like it was like like last summer or something. Yep. Yep. It was uh, I think June was Aubrey Marcus's uh mastermind That's there. Crazy. In Austin. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing earlier. I was like, damn, like time flies. Yeah, literally, it's man, that's what happens when you're just super busy and up to a bunch of good stuff, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Head down, grinding. Yeah, for sure. So we'll get into a couple of those things here. But first, I want to take it back, throw it back, and uh, build a little bit of context, bro, because I know not everybody uh, out there knows who you are. And uh, Mm -hmm. so I want to kind of help my audience kind of get to know you a little bit better. So bring me back to like seven-year-old Joseph. What was life like for like growing up in the household? What like, you know, uh, just background and context. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's always it's always interesting when I talk to other entrepreneurs and we hear entrepreneurial stories. I'm I'm sure you hear one after another. And for the longest time, it was like, okay, the person that comes from nothing and and gets everything. And I, I can't say that that was my story. I definitely grew up very fortunate in in Denver, Colorado. Was heavily involved in sports since a very young age and was really interested and involved in working out. And so ever since I can remember, uh, looked to my dad and he would drink those EAS sports meal replacement drinks and I would see the six pack abs and all that good stuff. And I started working out at a very young age, probably probably 12, 13, oh, wow. whatever time it was where my mom also was saying, talking to the doctor saying, Oh no, like you can't, you can't be lifting at this age. It's going to stunt your growth. And, uh, so that was my, that was like my younger years, heavily involved in sports. I was the jock. I was the the preppy kid in high school. What, what sports primarily? Uh, I played hockey, basketball, and golf. Main sport was hockey though. 
Yeah, I was going to say, no football in there? No, no. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Should I, people, because so my bodybuilding career came later and I, I probably could have been a little bit better at football, but I was, uh, I loved the ice, man. Okay. Um, spent cool. a lot of time playing up in the mountains out on outdoor rinks when I was younger and hockey, hockey was my sport and played that all the way through up until college. And then went to college and dove into aerospace engineering and then no longer no longer was pursuing sports. I was pursuing what I thought was going to be my career there through college. And that's yeah. where a lot of things started to change in college. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's it's funny that you say uh, that thing at the beginning about, about, you know, a lot of entrepreneurial stories. It's like start from nothing and then get everything type of thing. Yeah. Uh, and I, I find that to be true, man. Like there's a lot of people who I talk to on the show who have that definite like hero story mm-hmm. where they started from nothing and then they have a lot. And I think, I think all that almost starting from nothing helps as an entrepreneur because a lot of those like a lot of people who have been where they're literally have nothing like, like, like diving in dumpsters for the next meal, right. people like that, they don't, they, they understand that life's okay if they lose everything. Mm. So I think they have like a tendency to take a lot bigger risks. Um, yeah. growing up middle-class, like, like you did, you probably got a lot of the, like, do the safe thing, do the safe route. And that, that's why I think you don't hear a lot of like people like your stories a lot because you're trained to not take risks and you're trained to not know what it was like at the bottom. And you're oh. trained to like fear the bottom. Like it's like this, this drudge of society that like you're a failure if you end up down here. So 
you better play it safe and keep it this way. Do you, do you feel like that was kind of the, the, the vibe that you had growing up? Dude, you nailed it on the head there. I mean, that was 100% my story. It was, okay, yeah, you're going to go to high school. Parents are going to help you out in college. You're going to get the aerospace degree. And, and I, was, I was super good at math and science when I was younger. And English, reading and writing were awful. Loved Legos. That, that career path seemed to fit, but it wasn't necessarily... 100% my choice. I dove into, into that very secure, like, okay, so you're going to go into this field. It's going to be secure. You're going to be in the corporate world. You have the benefits. You'll have the vacation. You'll have the biweekly paychecks. And that's just what I was taught. And not only was, was that like the message that I got my entire life from my dad, that you just have to go the secure route. Mm-hmm. I ended up going into a profession that is the most risk adverse possible aerospace engineering. Like you have to get it right. The very first time the spacecraft has to make it to space. Like you can't mess that up. 100% mission success was the motto at Lockheed Martin where I worked. And Mm. so it was, it was crazy, man. But that was, that was, that was the path. I I started interning at Lockheed Martin when I was 19 years old, but at the same time in college, I was, I grew up, uh, how we discussed, I was very sheltered. I was pursuing a very difficult degree and I was, was having to work very hard, but I was also partying like crazy, man. Yeah. And so this is kind of like, I, I, I guess you could say I did grow up. I grew up, I went the fortunate route. I was very risk adverse, but I started making decisions in college that were very against what I was taught. I started hanging out with well, I was in Boulder, Colorado, which is just known for partying one, but those were the people that I surrounded myself with and, and drugs and alcohol began to consume my life in a way that was not really, I, I, didn't, I didn't recognize how it was consuming me. I was using that path, that side of college as an escape from my loss of self. I had so much social anxiety. I was broken on the inside during college. And I was, I didn't know who I was at all because what I was at the time was a construct of what everybody else told me I was supposed to be. Mm, And that's when things started to get really scary in college and, and really went down a really bad path for a couple years and ended up leading me to really difficult depression. And I actually tried to kill myself one night uh, jumping off a bridge in Boulder, Colorado. I actually didn't end up jumping off the bridge. I was pulled back over the guardrail by somebody, but it got, it got that bad where I was done. And it was, it was basically a construct of my decisions and my loss of self by surrounding myself with the people that were kind of lost themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we were all connected through this. Okay, let's go lose ourselves and let's let's mask all the the unknown by mm-hmm. right by choosing drugs and and alcohol and so that was like, I guess my version of the hero's journey was that was an ultimate low there, and I've hit ma- very many lows since then. But that was the big wake up call my last year of college and. I was very depressed and suicidal for some time after that and put on antidepressants and left left Boulder, Colorado, got pulled out of the town 
and really had to just cut ties with everybody in my life to save what I had built and in the potential career in the aerospace world. And it was, it was slipping away with the decisions that I was making. So crazy, crazy younger years, definitely lost myself for, well, didn't know who I was for a very long time. Hey, what's up, fellow and future networkers? Want to listen to Build Your Network a day early? Download the Himalaya app and follow the show for exclusive first access. Himalaya is a brand new podcast app where you can find every single podcast you love and some future faves. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya has got your back. Discover personally curated playlists and show your favorite podcasters, aka me, some love with Himalaya's tip jar. It's free. It's the easiest platform to use, and they're adding cool new features every single day. So go to the app store, download Himalaya, that's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A, and don't forget to follow Build Your Network once you're there. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's the better way of putting it, bro, because like, I think every young kid is just trying to find themselves. And it's such a cliche, right? To say like, yeah. oh, I got to go find myself. But you, you kind of do, because up to that point in your life, you're just a culmination of what you've experienced in the world so far. And especially like growing up the way that you did, you're, you're basically just, you're basically just the sum total of what your parents and society and culture and your teachers and your friends all expected you to be and do, right? Like there's, there's almost no original thoughts that are going on. There's no like challenging the status quo that's going on. It's just like, I'm doing what's expected of me because that's just what you're supposed to do. Like there, there's no other career path. There's just do the safe thing because that's what worked for my parents and that's what's going to work for me. And if you don't do X, Y, and Z, then you can't be happy because these things aren't going to be taken care of. And so like, it's almost like this, this pattern of guilt and fear that's Mm. just driving you to the next thing instead of actually trying to figure out what fulfills you and makes you happy. And then before you know it, you're sitting there and realizing that you're not the person that you're pretending to be for everybody. Like, and then where do you go from there? You know? And, and that's, was, that was the point where you got to, it seems like when you were, you know, 19 consider or 20, whenever, whenever that was, when you're considering taking your own life, I want, want you to kind of take me back to that point afterwards and tell me about what that process was like coming, like getting off of that bridge and then going back to face reality, because that's really like where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. I had to, I had to figure out what I was doing. What 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 were those actions? What was I what was I seeking? Like, and to be honest, I just wanted to. I wanted to change, but I hadn't let myself do it. I had this fear of being who I really wanted to be, and then not being, not getting that love or not getting that validation from the people that I surrounded myself with, and, and society in general. And so for me, I always had that that health and fitness drive that I had since a very young kid. But I got to college and I completely lost it. I was shamed by my friends by for going to work out. I was like something that actually made me feel really, really good mm-hmm. was something that people made fun of me for. And I I succumbed to it. And like it sounds really weird, but we get bullied and and there is bullying all through life. Like it doesn't yeah. end when you're a young kid. Right. And in school. And I don't think people talk about that very much. And it wasn't, it wasn't like direct. It was, it was very indirect. And I think part of it was one, 
I tried to like hold this like egotistical stance of like, oh, I'm the aerospace engineer and I'm going to do this and that. But I was wearing a mask for everybody. I was, I was pretending to be something that I wasn't. And I was trying to just get people to love me by being this quote unquote successful person and having everything that I could possibly have on the outside, the big group of friends pursuing the, the great degree and having a job offer on the doorstep mm-hmm. and having the girls and doing this and doing that. But on the inside, I was just completely dead. Mm-hmm. I, I, didn't, I didn't know what I was doing at all. And when I was laying in the bed, the hospital bed, I was admitted, admitted to the admitted to the emergency room when I first tried to take my life. I had taken a bunch of Xanax, a bunch of drugs, just a plethora of stuff and went to the hospital. And when I had to list off everything that I had taken and I saw my mom and my dad standing there and just saw them crumble and woke up to the fact that, okay, like I'm trying to end my life. And is, is part of that selfish? Yeah. And it, and it really, I didn't realize it at the time, but I started to really dive into it more and more. And the people that I was going to hurt by making that decision was that, that deep wound that I could have caused would not be able to be fixed because I was hiding. People didn't know that I was struggling. And then for that to happen, all of a sudden, it was a wake-up call. And it was a wake-up call for me to change and to take control and to live life the way I wanted to live. And that's when I dove into this fitness world and spent years up on that NPC physique stage competing in bodybuilding for years and completely cut everybody out of my life Hmm. and started to pursue what I thought was going to be another career. Uh, I ended up saving my career in aerospace and and getting a job and started the career there, but I was never happy there. I was doing something that was really, really amazing. Aerospace engineering, sending stuff to space, working on programs that are going to other planets. It's amazing. It's so cool. And it's so amazing to think about. I'm obsessed with space, but I was then dying in a cubicle. Mm-hmm. And so I had, I had the fitness route on the same side, on the side while I was then in my engineering career. And I started pursuing that. And that was when I started to become really interested in being an entrepreneur. And it's evolved heavily from that now seven years ago when I first tried to take my life. But that was when the bug started, just a year or two out of college and in in corporate America and competing, thinking that I was going to be a personal trainer, an online coach, thinking that I was going to build a community through Instagram. And that was something that I started to pursue for years on end. But while being in the corporate world, it was, it was extremely difficult. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. So come just to kind of go back and like grab a little timeline pieces out of this. So you started doing the bodybuilding thing after you left, after you left Colorado, right? After I left Boulder, Colorado, I moved back to Littleton where my parents were. So I was about an hour away from from where I was studying. Yeah. At the same time, I was trying to keep my foot in the door at my engineering job. So I would be working. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. It took me five years to graduate. I would be pursuing the fitness thing, living in Littleton, working at Lockheed, driving up to Boulder, finishing my senior project, and then doing this like 
two and a half hour loop every single day and just consuming all of my time. So I had no time to go out and, and party and live the life that I used to live. Gotcha. Gotcha. So then at what point along all this time, do you just start going, you know what, this just is not for me. I, I I gotta, I gotta do something different. Yeah, it was probably 20, about 24 years old when I first was like, okay, like, okay, I'm actually going to, going to pursue building a business on the side. I want to be an entrepreneur. And it's funny because uh, when we first connected, we were talking about John Lee Dumas. And that was what I did. I started listening to Entrepreneur on Fire around that time. And I was just listening to this guy crank out interview after interview after interview and listening to these people. And I was like, okay, like these people are, they have a purpose. They want to create impact. And they have all these different avenues that they're doing it in. And and like, are these people uh, extremely special? Yes, some of them are very... Everybody is has their own own talents. But mm-hmm. am I any different than them? Like, how can... Why can't I do this? And it was like that capital F fear that you were talking about. That was what was holding yeah. me back. Because I thought on the other side of quitting a job was, quote unquote, like death. You don't right. have that right. bi-weekly paycheck. You don't have those benefits. And I my fear was like, Oh, well, I don't have anything. And that's exactly how you started this podcast was, I didn't know that I could still survive whatever you want that to look like without having a job. Like you're going to be okay. And if you're smart, you can figure it out. Yeah. And it's crazy too, that like a lot of times that capital F fear that you're talking about, like that isn't even the fear of failure. It's more so the fear of what others think if you do fail. Mm-hmm. Right. It's more the fear of embarrassment more than it's the fear of failure. And like that has got to be like the number one killer of innovation in the world is the fear of, of, of embarrassment. And yeah. It's so crippling that we let that actually deter us from chasing something that we want to chase just because we're afraid of the embarrassment. We're afraid yeah. of like taking, we're not afraid of taking the loss intrinsically. We're afraid of what taking the loss will do to our status in other people's eyes. And it blows my mind that actually prevents us from going after what we really want to pursue. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy because I've been doing so much self-discovery over the last couple of years. And it's regardless of what position you're in, that external and the validation that we get from people that we don't even know that we think we're actually seeking can trap so many people. Mm -hmm. And without actually truly understanding yourself and understanding your beauty and and the light that you bring into this world, the very unique skill set and talents that we all bring into this world and loving yourself for that and loving that, that that might be different than the next person, the next person. And maybe you'll never be able to be that exact same person that you're idolizing but that's that's not the point. The point is that you have to understand who you are and what you're bringing into this world. And that person or those people that if you do fail, that opinion actually doesn't really even matter. And, and detaching from that is extremely hard. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And we can talk about that. That's a whole nother podcast episode by itself. So before we go off on that tangent, let's get back into... So you were so you're 24, you start thinking, man, I, I want to kind of do this business thing. What, what was the next step from there? So you're listening. Uh, that's totally funny. I, I, I totally forget that we talked about that. But yeah, you started listening to, to JLD on EO Fire and said, yeah. I could probably do something like this. So what was the, what was the catalyst? What was the spark where you were just like, Hey, I think this would be a good idea. And now I'm going to do it. 
Yeah, man. So it was, it was actually what was the very beginning of the business that I now own. Uh, it, it, it looked very different, but I started podcasting back in 2015. And it was while I was a physique competitor. And I, my very first show was called Committed Physiques Radio. And I just started interviewing people that I competed with. I was traveling across the nation, meeting people. They all had everybody had a unique story. And that's what I started to realize. A lot of people had been through a lot of difficult times. I was sharing my story and how bodybuilding really did save me from a very dark place. And getting up on that stage and bringing your body to its literal ultimate potential is a feat that not very many people can do. And so for me, I was like, okay, these people are special and I want to I wanna just start interviewing people and sharing their stories and see what type of impact that would have and just started building a network. Hmm. And that show evolved. I'm, I'm sorry, you started, you started doing what now? Building a network, <laughs> building a network of friends yes. across the nation. Yes. yes and that's, that's, it's so funny because it's so perfect for this show was like back then I had no idea what those relationships were going to turn into those people that I were interviewing. And a lot of those people were, you know, people that had communities on social media, the fitness world on Instagram, like the fitness world kind of owned Instagram for a very long time. And I think it still does. Yeah. It's very prominent. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and it's funny because some of those very first people that I interviewed in 2015 were some of the first people that represented my business now. And the reason that I was able to connect with them was because I had them on a podcast years ago. And crazy. Did I know that that was going to happen? Little did I know that years later, I was going to come out with a product that I was going to be able to put in the hands of tens, hundreds of people around the nation to help start a business. I never saw that coming, but I was just stepping into it. And I didn't really have a very clear plan. I was just like, I'm just going to start interviewing people. I don't know where this is going to go, but it turned into something that I could have never imagined. Right, right. So you start podcasting. This is just like a side hustle while you're doing the aerospace thing. Yeah. At what point do you realize like, hey, uh, I, can, I can switch to doing something full time. All I got to do is like figure out a way to bring some money to the table, maybe create a product or service that's going to benefit somebody. Like where, where, was, that, where was that tipping point? Yeah, it's funny because it was, it was 2016 and I was still competing. And what I wanted to do with that podcast was build my own community, but then also build up a coaching business. And I was going to use the podcast to generate leads, use social media to generate leads and share stories, but also share my knowledge that I had gained through, through competing to help other people get up on stage. And so in 2016, I actually went to part-time at my aerospace job, pulled back. I was then engaged at the time. And it was, it was taking an initial risk, but I didn't take the full risk. I just pulled back a little bit. And so I was then working 32 hours, about 32 hours a week uh, at the aerospace job and then trying to coach on the side. And then my fiance and I were like, okay, we're going to move to California. So I uh, was like, okay, how are we going to do that? And I still want to pursue this, this coaching thing. I want to be an entrepreneur took the very first job offer that I got, took us to San Diego. I was still trying to coach on the side. I actually took a big pay cut. I was really succumbing to a lot of opinions of one, my fiance at the time and what she wanted with our lives. And so I took the first job, got us out to California and then went back to full time and was trying to coach. And that 
complete program just fell apart because starting a new job, I had to prove myself. I, I was the new person there. Mm. And so I took a couple steps back, man. I like, it was like a couple steps, couple steps, podcasting, building more of a community, start coaching a couple people, making a couple, maybe one, two grand a month max at the time, but moving to California and, and, you know, trying to kind of start a life was, it was difficult on, on pulling back from the part-time. So I had to go get that, get a full-time job again, or so I thought. So I thought I was still very stuck in that mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, went back into just full-time engineering for a while, quit competing, was still podcasting, but the podcast wasn't making sense because I wasn't competing anymore. And, and what I was starting to question was like, is this world, this fitness world, the, the quote unquote hashtag health that everybody is promoting, is it really healthy? And as I stepped away from the stage and went through some health complications from what I thought had actually saved me, had actually gone into creating more or less eating disorders and crazy body dysmorphia in my life, was like, man, now that's not healthy. And that's what I was trying to promote through this podcast. And now it seems like I, I'm kind of like not putting a correct message out into this world. And so I then rebranded that podcast to what turned into the Higher Health Podcast. And when I started that podcast was when I started talking about everything, including mm -hmm. cannabis. And that is where Cured became a thing. In the beginning of 2017, I said that something is here. There's something here. And uh, then really, really started to dive into it and was hating my job there in San Diego and saw a potential but still kind of lived that one foot in, one foot out life for a <laughs> right. while. Right. Bro, I love this story so much because like, I, I just love when people chase something when they just don't know what the outcome is. Like, yeah. there's no, right? There's no specific goal that you had in mind. No. You were just like, hey, I should be doing something like this. And so you commit to doing this podcast and then you are competing all over the place. And then you just decide that I don't want to be in Colorado anymore, which is the place that you grew up. And then so you move out of the state and go to a different place, get in different surroundings, put yourself in a job that's totally new and go to work there, still want to do this thing on the side. And then, and then now this podcast is in line. So you do this other one. And then this takes you down a different rabbit hole where you start learning about these new techniques and this new nutrition thing. And mm -hmm. then, and then you come across this thing called CBD, which was now everybody knows about even people who were like totally against any sort of legalization yeah. of it five years ago are aware of it. And even use like people that I thought would never, ever, ever, ever touch the stuff are using it now. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And so you figured this out a couple of years ago and started Cured Nutrition, which is now blown up to a multi-seven-figure business yeah. where, where you guys are traveling across the country, going to shows. And you were one of the first to market with actual CBD products that aren't just CBD oil, but right. like ingredients for your cooking and seasoning. And you have all these different things that you're trying to put out into the marketplace and testing and trying and running a real business all because a few years back, you knew you didn't want to be where you were. So you decided to make yourself better by listening to, to, to stuff that would make you better, like Entrepreneur on Fire, and then decided to take some action 
and then keep discovering things and eventually implement it. Like th- that's that's the part of the journey that that people just don't put enough weight on. They right. they they're in there. They're stuck in the job like you were, right? But yep. then they they think that they have to have the million dollar idea right now in order mm-hmm. to be able to start taking action toward it. <laughs> it's just like no, no. It's not- so funny, man, because. I have this this big fear of what am I going to do without a paycheck? And mm-hmm. I'm there in San Diego. I start podcasting and talking to people about cannabis derivatives that are helping them recover from their workouts. And Higher Health is getting more and more listens. And then again, I'm still hating my job out there in San Diego. My engagement ended. I was out in San Diego 100% by myself. I don't get along. I had, I, I've never really had an engineer friend. So all through my aerospace career at Lockheed, I didn't really have any friends. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any friends at the new place in San Diego. And so then I'm finding myself in San Diego, hating my job, being very extremely lonely, still wanting to pursue being an entrepreneur. And then honestly, man, starting to get depressed again because I felt so stuck. And I had this massive fear that I was still riding on that was holding me back. In the day I quit my job to dive into this 100%, I had, I really didn't have much. I had a community of people that were listening to Higher Health. And I had a friend that was a chef that created a seasoning for me that we then infused with CBD. So I had a plastic jar that was worth about $1.30. And I had an idea and I had a community. And I was sick of me not listening to myself and giving myself the permission to actually pursue something way bigger than I was ever doing in the past. And that I knew that I could do. But the time that I finally quit my job and dove headfirst, I had close to $5,000 in recurring bills per month. I had about two, three months worth of savings. And I had a plastic jar with spices in it. <laughs> that was when I decided to quit. Yeah, right, right. After years of like, oh, like I need to be making this much per month and now I'm going to put this yeah, aside. Right, I exactly. At the worst time. Yeah. <laughs> but the, 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 there's something special about burning the ships though, bro. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's something, there's something just special about going all in. And yeah. when you burn the ships and you go all in and you're like, man, I'm, I'm about to make this happen or I'm about to fall flat on my face. Like yeah. that's where the magic happens. And that's where we as, as humans, like as the ultimate adaptation machine, as Tom Bilyeu always says, like that's where we come in strong is when our back's up against the wall and we got to make something happen. Like that's when, we're, that's when we're about to see something explode. But most people won't, aren't willing to put themselves in that position. And, uh, and putting yourself in that position is a super necessary part of the journey. And the crazy thing, bro, is like a lot of people even younger people, and I think this would be true for, for older people, but even younger people can't see the fact that the safe route is always an option. Mm. That's, what, that's, what I, that's what I tell a lot of, of a lot of people, especially a lot of my coaching clients and stuff, is just like, look, the safe route is an option pretty much whenever you want it to be. You can always fall back on the, on the safe route. Like You have a degree in aerospace engineering. You have a lot of experience in it. Like Cured goes up in flames this year. And you have to pay your rent and you have zero dollars in your bank account, you lose everything, something happens, you lose everything, you can still go get that job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the, what, 
what are we, what are we afraid of? Like, what are we fearing so much that like, we're not willing to take that step out and pursue the thing that we know is going to actually fulfill us, make us happy, allow us to like leave an impact, create a legacy and do all the things, literally build our dream life. But we're afraid of taking that step out when we're stepping away from something that's always going to be there. Even if everything that we do completely goes to absolute crap. It's yep. just, just like mind blowing to me and like super frustrating to, for me to watch people who just like have desire and potential and ambition and all these other things, but they're just afraid to take that step out. So what, what would you say to somebody who's in that position right now, who's maybe in the position that you were right before you took the step out and is just afraid to make it happen? What would you say to them? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it really came down to like, do I actually trust myself? Hmm. And I think that some people, I think that, I think that everybody deep, deep down does and believes in themselves. But when you are so conditioned by, by outside influences and, and, and put into boxes with rules, it's hard to remember that we are very capable human beings and we're capable of achieving anything that we actually set our minds to. And Hmm. for me, it was just like, I I wasn't giving myself the permission to do that. I had proven to myself that, oh, hey, I can get this degree. I can climb the ladder in a corporate job. I can step up on a bodybuilding stage at 3% body fat. I did that because I put my mind to it. Why don't I think I can do that in my own business pursuit? Hmm. There was There was this disconnect. It was like, okay, so I've shown myself that I can do it in other areas of my life. Why am I not showing it to myself that I can do it with myself. I've proven it to other people by going through their system, by showing up for everybody else around me, by checking all the boxes. Mm. And I can do that perfectly. And I think there's a lot of high achieve, very, very high achieving people that do that. Is okay, I'm going to check every single box. Right, exactly. But I don't think that I can do it on my own. And, and where, why? What is, what is making that happen? And that's a really hard thing to answer. And for me, I, di- I didn't know. I actually was getting so depressed before I quit my job that I was seeing a therapist. And he said, man, like you have everything that you could possibly ask for. And you also have an amazing idea. Because I was like trying to like pitch this to him. I just wanted somebody to listen to me. He turns, reaches in his desk, pulls out a note card, flips it over, writes something on it, hands it to me. And he says, like, you need this. I don't know if you're ever going to come back to me. I don't know if I'll ever have a client again, because I'm giving this to you. But you actually just need to give this to yourself. And what it said on it, what he wrote was permission. And he's like, you need to give yourself permission. And I was like, wow, you're right. Like, yeah, yeah. for me, it's been my entire life trying to prove myself to other people. And I talked about that at the Aubrey Marcus mastermind, actually. Mm-hmm. I've always been trying to make my dad proud Mm. and like deep, deep down, like that's, that's like some developmental stuff that I don't, I'm still starting to still like continuing to uncover. But that has been my thing is I've always been trying to make my dad proud and I had never heard it in the way that I was looking for. And so for me, I wasn't giving myself permission. And I, it, it took a therapist giving me a business card that said permission on it that's still sitting on my desk right now to finally just give myself permission 
to take that next step and to take the risk. Yeah. And I think that that's what I would say to a lot of people is, is that, is what, is that maybe it's not for everybody, yeah, but yeah. is that what's holding you back? Are you not giving yourself the permission? Yeah, and I think that's uh, like, if we're honest with ourselves, like, I think that's what it is a lot of the times, honestly, bro, is like, we just, we don't see ourselves as worthy of attaining the results that we have like the goals that we have set for ourselves. So giving yourself That's permission true. is the, is, is the place to start like 100%. I'm really, really glad that you said that. So yeah. moving this conversation into more of like, Hey, you started the business and you started with that one jar, like really quickly here. Cause we're running out of time. Give me the top two or three things that you did to turn this from an idea and one jar with spices in it into a multi-million dollar enterprise all over the country. Yeah, man. It, we, we touched on it there first. It was, if I wouldn't have built that network of people across the nation that I could reach out to personally, that I could text, that I could hit up on Instagram and say, hey, I've got something for you. I want to ship it to you. And knowing that they have a community that they're going to share it with via social media, this business wouldn't exist. It just simply wouldn't. But along the same lines, I also was going up against an industry that was very that has been very stigmatized. I was I was living in an industry that has been very stigmatized by the general public for a very long time. So it was very difficult. And so I needed to spread a message. So I used that network, one. I if it weren't for the network, I wouldn't have built the business. But I also understood that education was so important. And I just continued to podcast. I continued to hop on other people's podcasts. I continued to step out of my comfort zone and just talk to people about what I was trying to do and tell people my story and to share, to share with people that, hey, like I started using cannabinoids because it was calming my anxiety and it was helping me fall asleep. And I ended up coming off of anti-anxiety medications. And hey, this could actually be a change for so many people that could really, really help. And that's difficult to say when you're just promoting a cannabis product and a lot of people are just going to you know, turn away like, oh, no, no, no. Well, hey, just listen and listen to the people that I'm aligning with. And if it weren't for that group of fitness people that, that people look to for information to be the educators, the business wouldn't exist. Yeah. Love it, bro. Love it. I got to ask you this question before we move on to the last segment here, because this is the question that I ask every guest that comes on the show. It's kind of turned into a staple of sorts. Let's just, I'm curious to hear what your answer and your reasoning uh, behind your answer will be. So who you know, or what you know, Joseph, which one is more important and why? 100% who you know. The thing is, is that there is so much that we don't know. And every single day I wake up, I realize there's a lot more that I don't know. Mm. And if it weren't for people that I could reach out to, to ask questions and to just be humble and say, hey, I need help because I don't know. And I'm going to lean on you because we all have a different human experience and you can learn some, something from absolutely every single person you cross paths with, 100% who you know. I absolutely love that answer. See, that's why we're friends, Joe. <laughs> it's just so many things that we're that we that we touch on when we get to chat. That uh, yeah. just 
totally, totally agree with you on. So let's go ahead and uh, move on into the last segment here. Something I like to call the random round. Just a few really quick random questions and some quick random answers. You ready? Cool. What profession other than your own do you think that it would be fun to attempt? Dude, I would love to be a music producer, electronic music producer, and be able to be the person standing up on a stage, literally touching thousands and thousands of people listening to music. If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and chat with them for an hour, who would it be and why? Elon Musk, because I'm obsessed with aerospace, but I'm also obsessed with the entrepreneurial journey and being a big risk taker. And he's the man. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos? Podcasts, all in all, for sure. Tell me one or two of your like go-tos. So I had been listening to Tim Ferriss as well since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, Tim Ferriss and I was going to say our man, Aubrey Marcus, but Joe Rogan is actually how I found Aubrey Marcus. If it weren't for Joe Rogan, I really wouldn't have quit my job because he was always saying, men live lives of quiet desperation. And that's what I was living in my cubicle position for so long. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Every morning I wake up, take the dogs out, come back into a cup of coffee and I head upstairs and I read a, a daily entry from Ryan Holiday's book, The Daily Stoic or a book similar to that. I journal and then I meditate for 10 minutes every single day. That's a non-negotiable. What is your go-to pump-up song? Mm, that's a good one. It's been changing, but I always go back to the bass nectar bass head. <laughs> there you go. What <laughs> is something that you are just not very good at? Speaking. So that's something that I've been trying to... That's why I dove into podcasting was mm. to get better at speaking. See, that's another thing, man. That's another thing I love. <laughs> that people, like, people just don't give themselves enough credit. They, they avoid podcasting because they're not a good speaker. Yeah, lean into that discomfort, lean into man. It, man. Lean into it, especially if it's something that's as crucial as communication. Yeah. Communication is such an important, important, crucial skill set. So if you're, not, if you're not naturally good at it, better start practicing because like, you're going to have to get, you're going to have to be competent at least. So like, so get, get to work. Well, uh, last question here, bro. What is one place online where we are going to be able to find you the most? Yeah, that'd be through Instagram. Joseph Sheehy on Instagram, J-O-S-E-P-H-S-H-E-E-H-E-Y. You can find more about Cured and everything else that I got going on there. Perfect. So head over to Instagram. That's at Joseph Sheehy. Um, if you're listening to this right now, screenshot this episode and upload it to your Instagram story or it is an Instagram post. Tag me at Travis Chapel and at Joseph Sheehy over there. Um, let us know uh, that you're listening to the show and that you enjoyed some of the stuff that we we're talking about today. And that way we can go over there, say what's up and engage with you personally. Joe, thanks so much for coming on the show today, brother. I had a fantastic time chatting with you. Appreciate it, man. Stoked to connect with you again. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about how we've been able to get some of the guests to come on the show, I've created a totally free resource called Meet Your Hero. So if you'd like to connect with people you respect and admire that are difficult to reach, you're going to want to go to travischapel.com hero to take action and start that training today. Have a wonderful rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.